You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 416. I am Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. It's uh, cold, rainy, and gray here today, so uh, it's you cold. feel at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, a cool. That's a good one. So I, bet, I bet you it's already colder here, colder there than it's here. It's cold. Uh, it has been rainy the last couple of days, but today we actually have a bit of sun. I actually was talking to a, a new colleague of mine yesterday, um, and she's originally from Russia. <laughs> so I said, oh, how do you like Manchester? She said, oh, you know, it's a nice city and all of that. She says, but I hate the weather. <laughs> really? And I'm thinking, you're from Russia and you hate the weather here? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think when some people think of Russia, they think of, you know... Um, cold and dark and but i mean russia's a giant company or country well, yeah, yeah. Mass, i think the I point, mean, yeah yeah i think the point she was making is that they might have hard winters in russia but they also yeah. have summers yes. whereas the problem here is we don't really get a summer <laughs> uh-huh so um yeah. yeah it you know i i actually like the fall i don't mind the cold rainy stuff i really don't I would prefer this than a hundred degrees Fahrenheit with ninety percent humidity. I would I'd take this any day of the week. Yeah. Because I can at least warm I, I can get warm. Yeah. I could put more clothes on, you know. When I get in the car it's not a, a microwave oven. So I, yeah. I like it like this. Oh by the way, yeah. I, I changed I changed my uh vehicle up a little bit. What? I, I oh, changed you, the you, wheel. Oh right, you didn't actually change the whole car. Okay, because no, I'd here, be surprised I'll, I'll, if you did that. No, no, I'm I'm sticking with this uh, uh, with the Sequoia. For I just sent you a picture on a wire. Yeah, I got it. Uh, so okay. basically, I plastic the dip to my wheels. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting rid of the chromey look, and you can't tell with that picture, but the the mirrors, the side view mirrors, are also blacked out now. Right. I just I think it looks a lot better now. Yeah. I've been yeah. wanting to do that. Anyways. Um, you know what? That's the nice thing about having an older car is that you can make changes like that and kind of change it up. The problem with the new car is that you tend to think, oh, I've got to keep it the way it came out of the factory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, And it's often a lot more expensive as well to change things on the newer car. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's a 2007. I know I've talked about it in the past. Um, you know, it's paid for now, number one. Yay. Yeah. Um, so I don't owe any money on it. I bought it pre-owned and I've put probably 60,000 miles on it since I bought it. Maybe a little mm-hmm. bit less, maybe 50,000. Um, it's given me no problems. Yeah. Now, I don't want to jinx myself, but you know, it was one of my customers who traded it in. Yeah. And so I had seen, well, sometimes I think when you're looking at a used car, if you're going to buy it from a person it's more important to meet the person than see the car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, you, you kind of get a feel for how they've used it based on who they are. Exactly. And this guy yeah. was very uh, anal. Mm-hmm. Very, he wanted to be called by his title. Yeah. Uh, he only had the best things. Mm-hmm. I mean, when this when he bought it brand new, it was a $50,000 vehicle. Same vehicle yeah. today is almost $70,000. Yeah. So, actually, yeah, it's about that. So, yeah, I knew that he kept it up, and I saw yeah. the service history, and there was never an accident. And 
I was yeah. like, you know what? This is mine. And I'm, mm-hmm. I've been happy with it. You've seen it. You've written in it. I have, and it's very nice car. And I've, I've modified the crap out of it now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's more me. The previous owner wouldn't even recognize it. He'd probably hate it, actually. Probably. Um, yeah. Anyways, the, the, getting back on uh, topic, we do got some feedback. Uh, we took a week off. It's yep. easier to take a week off when you don't have a sponsor that's paying for the show. <laughs> <laughs> but You don't yeah, feel like, well, saying, i got to record it. I mean, they're paying. You're saying you don't want a sponsor? Uh, it depends. I mean, you know, I wouldn't spot, let, let a one of those companies that sponsor, um, you know, those uh, illegal movie site things. I wouldn't yeah. let one of those. Uh, it, it, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, porn sites, I wouldn't let them advertise. Gambling. Oh, well, uh, I guess you don't have. Do you have gambling advertisements in the, in the U.S.? Uh, no, not really. Oh, I mean, when you see. You do on the like on the, for legal casinos, yes. Yeah, but here because gambling is is far more legal here than it is in the US, and online casinos is a massive thing. They are just everywhere. It's 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 almost sickening how much advertising they do now. Yeah, uh, I was watching a program with my my son the other night, and and literally every ad, every ad break, and we have less of those than you have, but every ad break had at least three different gambling ads, and it's just you know you know. <laughs> it's depressing. Well, it's depressing because you know that the uh, the only way that, that gambling sites make money is by taking money off people. You know, the only the only the only uh, company that wins with an online gambling site is the company that runs it. Nobody else yes. wins. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the mantra for casinos. Yeah. The house always wins. Yeah. Not when they're in my house, though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we did get some feedback. Do you want to do feedback first? Or you want to j- sure, kind of jump yeah. into the show? Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it turns out the last time we recorded, let's remind some people yeah. at the end of the show, we were talking about, we got some feedback saying how, what a pain it is now to update the amps on your phone. It's not as intuitive as it used to be. And we kind of stumbled into an unplanned segment mm-hmm. <laughs> where we live. And our right. stupidity was, uh, entertaining. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah, it was part of part of Apple. To be honest, I've seen other people complain about that problem we hit, where you can't add um, un, un, um, unauthorized shortcuts or uh, you know unverified shortcuts until you've created a shortcut. You can't even turn the setting on. A lot of people have said how stupid that is. It is uh, stupid. It is stupid, and I think we agreed it was kind of stupid. But um, turns out. <laughs> We went through all of that, and all you need to do to get to that exact setting, which is get direct to the updates on the App Store thing, is um, hold down on the <laughs> on the App Store icon on the main screen, and it pops yeah, up like as a shortcut. Yeah, like the 3D touch type yeah. of... Yeah. So let's, yeah. let's jump into some uh, emails here. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who sent the first one. No. I didn't put that anyway. It was on Twitter, I think. Yeah, we got found the attempts on the show to create a shortcut to updates. Hilarious. Brilliant. And then, by the way, long press the app store and updates is there. No shortcut required. Yeah. Um, but I, as soon as I, I read that, I went and tried it. I was like, oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there but, it is. But having said that, I, I think uh, the fact that we went through all that just talks a little bit about discoverability on the iOS nowadays. Oh, it? yeah. I you think know? that needs yeah. to be uh, it's that's a point a of contention topic. for people. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I connect phones to cars for people all the time, right? 
And yeah. a lot of our vehicles now have Apple CarPlay. So I always you spout the virtues of that. Uh, what I didn't know, because a lot of our cars now are coming out with Android Auto, a lot more Toyota owners I've noticed own Apple devices and Android. Mm-hmm. But with an Apple device, you just plug it into an Apple CarPlay and the phone pops up and says, hey, do you want to connect? to Apple CarPlay and you can say, you know, no, or yes, always. And then the car usually will say, Hey, do you want to connect to this? You say, yes. Okay. No big, you're done. And then it just works. And, and iOS 13, Apple CarPlay is a lot better. It really, really is folks. Um, I'm impressed. Um, that being said, when you do that with Android, Android actually has to go out and download software for it to work. Right. Which is strange. It's not built in. Android Auto is not built in to Android phones. You have to download Android Auto to get Android Auto to work. That's, that is really weird. I thought it was just baked in, just like iOS now. Yeah. It's not. Or if it, if it's on some phones, it's not on all phones. Uh, well, yeah, and and then be. you get into that whole segmentation of the platform business that we yeah. always love so much. Mm-hmm. Um. I think Apple's got it right, though, don't you? Well, I think it's better to have it built in. Uh, I suppose, uh, I, I guess from Google's point of view, because the phones are different, they have different agreements. And also, someone, maybe it's something they're updating more frequently. They keep it separate. But um, I don't understand why they wouldn't at least have the base of it built into the phone. Yeah, I agree. You know you know what I was thinking when I was re- rearranging some of my icons the other day? <laughs> and wouldn't it be cool if, if you could have... I know it's different screens, but what if it was treated more like pages? So I have this page. This page is always going to be um, work-related. Mm-hmm. But I kind of invalidate my argument right there. And, I, and as I go along, you'll see why. So you actually give your app, you put it in a category according to Apple's rules, right? Yeah. So if this is productivity, it would fall on the productivity page. If this is a game, it would be on the game page. If it was music, it'd be on the music. If it's photos, it'd be on the photos page. Yeah. So it would you would have the opportunity to turn on pages, and it would just automatically sort on different screens the type of application it is. So if I say, uh-huh. well, I always use these for work, how do I do I drag it out of one page, put it on another one? Yeah. Um, could I create my own pages? I kind of like the, the idea behind that. I, you can kind of do it with folders, but I don't know. I, I, I find rearranging icons on my iPad or my iPhone to be the most tedious and hit or hit and miss. I can't tell you how many times I'm trying to drag an app from the fourth page over to the first page. And yeah. I'm, I just get past the second page, and whoop, it goes away. I, I, I screwed up somehow, and it goes back to where it was. Now I've got to go back three pages. And that's right, yeah. It's um, so unintuitive. I, I also, as well, I, I've certainly on, on iOS 12, on when I was doing it on my phone, I found it incredibly difficult to actually put things in folders. They would just... <laughs> it was they like were folder, refused to go in. Yeah, the folder was running away from me. Every time you drag it over the folder, the folder would move, and then it would be in its own spot. And then you'd, yeah. you'd end up chasing the folder around the, around the screen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's fun. Let's be honest. It's a game. Catch the folder. Catch the you know, folder. Yeah. <laughs> I um, always looked at it as if, if you ever had a baby, and you... And you and the baby doesn't want to stand. 
Yeah. It could stand, it can walk, but you're trying to get it to stand up. And it's doing that spraying the legs apart. Yeah. You just can't get it down That's on right. its legs. No, I, I, I always treated it more like um, if you've ever had a cat and the, you have to give the cat a tablet. Right? Oh, yeah. The cat knows you're going to give it the tablet. And so the cat runs away from you and you're trying to grab the cat and then force the tablet in his mouth. Forcing the tablet in his mouth was kind of like trying to put the icon in the floor. <laughs> the cat's head's going every right which way, and then it'll claw you a little bit, and it'll wriggle. <laughs> That's exactly right. You're just yelling at your phone, hold still. Hold still, goddammit, you're you start, good. And then you start thinking, is the folder too full? <laughs> Thank you. Then you think, well, that's stupid. It's a digital folder. It's not a real folder. It's yeah. not like you can only. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Uh, well, anyway, it is better in iOS 13, so that's one improvement. But yeah. you're right. The whole thing about um, I've I've always, for a start, you used to be able to do it on the um, on the Mac on the Mac on iTunes. Oh, that yeah. was so nice. Yeah, I had things I- so cool on my Mac, man. It was I could just drag stuff around and move it here, move it there. It was easy. I wonder if you could write an app to do that nowadays or whether the APIs won't let you. Oh, probably not. That's low level. But even if you could, what's the better alternative, though? Seriously. Because what I do, if I got to put – here's a shortcut. Here's here's something for the listeners out there. If I need to take a, an app and put it you know, four or five screens away, I will actually pull out – on the destination screen, I will actually pull out one of the apps on my dock – like navigation or phone or something. Yeah. I'll put it on that page, then go to the page where the app is located, take that one, put that one in the dock, go back to the original page and put it on the page I want and then replace the one that was on the dock originally. Yeah, that's that's a a good workaround. I I think the reality nowadays is most of us don't care where the thing is. We just pull down the search screen and type the first three letters of it and then hope it comes up. Yeah, I don't know. I like like going to... I'm old school. I, well, I, I am too. The, the first two or three pages on my devices is all stuff that I've organized. And then yes. what, after what that is willy-nilly yeah. where it falls. Exactly. And, you yeah, know, that's I've, the I've, trial software. That's yeah. the stuff that you're like, I don't know if you're really worthy to be sorted yet. So that's right, you got to yeah. prove yourself. You're, you're in exile down here on page four. But the, the trial <laughs> stuff often, it stays there for far further than it being trial. And that's when you're using the search thing because you can't be bothered to go and find it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, Joseph Hostel wrote, well, I agree that there is no way, uh, also see mail in Katina, uh, Catalina, a long press on the App Store update is right there. So a lot of people actually wrote in. I'm not going to read them all because, yeah, yeah we we got it. <laughs> yeah. It, it takes us a while. Well, it just goes to show because those shortcuts were written by the guys at Mac Stories who know iOS absolutely inside out. The guy who yeah. runs that site, basically, he, he uses his iPad as his sole computer. That's his thing. So he knows iOS probably better than most people, and he didn't know you could do that. Otherwise, they wouldn't have run the shortcut. Right. So You don't need it if you... Just long press on it. So, um, so yeah, we we weren't the only ones who missed it, but um, it made, made for some fun podcast anyway. Um, John Nemo wrote in because we were talking about is it is China and Apple a little bit too chummy? What's going? You know, some of these companies that seem to be capitulating uh, to the Chinese government almost immediately, uh, and these are c- companies that are in democratic 
countries like the U.S. or the U.K. Yeah. Uh, John Nemo wrote in, um, enjoying your latest show, good commentary and analysis. The story continues. LeBron James rips uh, Daryl Morey, who is the person um, that protested the pro-Hong Kong stuff uh, on his own personal Twitter page, and he's a general manager of an NBA team. Uh, and then uh, he also wrote, President, whatever, vows Chinese separatists will be smashed to pieces as U.S.-themed protests begin in Hong Kong. So, you know, I, we're, we're, I, don't, I don't know what to think about a lot of this stuff. Um, I heard, especially with the NBA stuff, you know, I heard it going both ways, saying, well, you know, at the end of the day, the NBA is a business. Yes, it's a sport, but it's a business. And as a business, they do a lot of business in China, so you don't want to take off the Chinese government. By the same token, um, you do have to have kind of a moral compass. So where do you draw the line? Well, and, the, yeah, not only that as well. I mean, Daryl Morey, is, is, he's got the same right to free speech as anybody else. It was his personal right. Twitter account. Um, and the way the NBA reacted was like he'd make an, made an official statement. Um, well, yes, but I mean that that Twitter statement that he made, while it's on his personal account, he does have freedom of speech. Can have, and it did have uh, economic impact on the business he works for. So, mm-hmm. for instance, I I sell Toyotas. Now, I personally like Toyotas. That's why I choose to sell Toyotas. Uh, I could sell Chevy or Ford if I wanted to. I choose not to. Um, but if I sent out a Twitter post. And it was negative about Toyota as a corporation, and it caused us to sell less cars at Metro Toyota, an independent company. Well, then I'm probably going to get fired. Yeah. Well, sure, we have freedom of speech, but they well, yeah, don't have to employ me. There's no freedom consequences. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, it, the, this is a hard one. The, the, the reality on that one is that whatever, the, uh, in, in some respects, um, Daryl Morey's opinions on China and what they do in Hong Kong, and, and I think you know many people would support him. I would certainly support him in saying that I don't think what's going on in Hong Kong is democratic or fair or right, and it's spinning out of control. Um, I think um, the difficulty is is that the the NBA's stance on China, even though it, what he said affected it. It, it almost should be treated as a separate issue, and it should be treated as the same issue we've talked about with Apple, which is these are companies who have business interests in China and want to deal with China, and that means they do have to walk the line between, you know, standing up for their principles, but also being nicey nicey with the Chinese regime because it's in their interest to do so. Wouldn't you also think, and, and this is a rhetorical question, that if China wants to partake? in business in the Western world, as well as enjoy our entertainment, such as movies, such as uh, NBA, stuff like that, that they also have to chillax a little bit. Hey, you're going to have to accept that this is the business of doing companies and and participation with the United States or Great Britain or whatever. Well, um, yes, maybe. I think... The, the, look, for me, the fundamental problem here is that we're all sitting, we're all sitting here criticising China for what it's doing um, from from a, a, a moral high position, and you know our own governments are also not um, 
as as perhaps as democratic as they could be um and they also do things that uh, are question morally questionable uh and and they also do sometimes stifle people's rights and and this sort of thing and i'm sure from the chinese position to play devil's advocate for a minute they probably look at what we do and say well what a bunch of hypocrites because you know they're going on about equal equal rights and that sort of thing and yet in fact they clearly don't have that in their own countries yeah um it's these these are the things that make it complicated and 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 here's the problem it is complicated it is nuanced it is not black and white and yet the sort of sort of arguments and responses we get on twitter uh, and um you know so other social media and 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 in the news and even probably even some respects ourselves because we don't know an awful lot about the nuances um are probably too black and white and in fact it's far more complicated than than it appears and you can't just make a black and white determination yeah you know and yeah. that's 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 the real difficulty is that people uh, and they and, and of course then you end up with with guys and uh, and girls in entrenched positions who won't ever change their entrenched positions because they that's how they feel and and that's unfortunately the way the world is going at the moment and it's always been like that you know right yeah, back I, to, it, so, so people who say that yeah. we're more contentious than we've ever been no yeah. we just have a lot of voices now we, with the we internet. All, yeah that's all, the only difference we all remember the Microsoft versus Apple Wars of the late nineties, yeah. early two thousands. It was yeah. the same. It was the same deal. It was on the internet, and it was people but, who were but going. But that oh! actually counters. But that counters your argument because you said people, you know, uh, they've made up their minds; they're not going to change their mind. Well, I think a lot of Apple people did change their mind. I don't think uh, Microsoft. And and I'm going to say with the Apple enthusiasts, because I think yeah. most Apple users are not enthusiasts. They just bought the phone or the computer. They don't, they don't listen to tech podcasts. They don't go to the Mac websites out there. They just use this stuff. They, they don't – if something better came along, they'd buy that. They're not beholden to Apple. They're not fanboys. But that being said, I think the average fanboy, Apple fanboy, doesn't have the animosity – towards Microsoft that they once did. Now, I don't know if that's because that the key players from back then, Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, Steve Ballmer, a lot of Steves. Um, yeah, you know, what's going on with that? Uh, Bill. I, I don't think those so people Steve are Gates, involved yeah. in those. Or, yeah, Bill Gates are involved in the company anymore. So they're really not those companies anymore. Those wars were fought and declared peace. I mean... Microsoft has some really good stuff. They support the Apple platforms because that's good business. And at the end of the day, I think that most Apple fanboys don't have the animosity towards Microsoft that they once did. Or do you disagree? Well, I'm not, I'm not sure. (laughs) What I'm saying is, um, I see plenty of, uh, Apple fanboys dissing Microsoft and I on online. And I see plenty of, in, in, if, if it were my anecdotal feeling, it would be that the, probably the Microsoft guys are still looking down on Apple, maybe a, a little bit less than the Apple people look down on Microsoft. But, you know, I, I have no statistics. I just just basically from what I see, and, and that could be skewed by my own personal biases. I'll well, tell you I, what, I from, think... my, from my personal point of view, yeah, having, having somebody who, as somebody who, um, you know, started Windows, I'd never touched a Mac before about 2003, yeah, and then became really into Max. Yeah, I have to say, I, I think at the moment, uh, you know, Apple's been making some mistakes in hardware recently, and I think um, 
Microsoft, certainly on the on the computer side, has been innovating more, and we've we've talked about that in the past. So I yeah. think you know it swings and roundabouts with either of them. I I like both. I like and use both platforms, and I find each of them has their um, foibles and their advantages. I think no. that more Apple fanboys have more animosity towards Google or maybe Facebook than they do Microsoft nowadays. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, certainly I'm not a fan of Facebook, um, and and I have become less trustful of Google of late, yeah. So, uh, last email, and um, this is from Lee. Yep. And he, and it was titled, Get Off My Lawn. And I was actually, actually expecting an email like this for a while now. Yeah. And this is the first one that actually addressed it directly. So, Tim, I've listened to your podcast for years. I especially enjoy your enthusiasm for technology and the upbeat conversations about new and upcoming gadgets technology. Lately, however, instead of commenting about new and old tech like you uh, that you like and are enthusiastic about, you do a lot of complaining. Instead of focusing on the good things about products and companies, you've been <clears throat> you've been focusing on the negative. While I usually agree with both the positive and negative things you say, it was more fun to listen in the past when you mostly stuck to the positive. I hope you and your family are well. Sincerely, Lee. And we actually kind of jokingly addressed that. That we've been more negative lately. Yep. And um, he's right. Lee's 100% right. Uh, by the same token, when I see things that make me angry, I'm going to speak about it. And I've seen less um, positive things coming out of tech lately than I have seen negative. And I think some of that, quite honestly, David, is a lull in innovation. Mm-hmm. And if if anything, I'm kind of frustrated that I'm not seeing any innovation lately in some of the core technologies that you and I kind of enjoy talking about. And I want to see more of that, and it's frustrating. Uh, I'd agree. It's definitely it's a sign of frustration rather than just, you know, crankiness. Um, we've, we've lived through some amazing times with technology, and it's come along yeah. leaps and bounds, and it continues to do so. But as it's uh, – I guess it's the same with anything. As – kind of technology has matured as a as as a business type um and it's definitely mature at this point then we see business practices and things come along uh a reduction in innovation kind of a more of a churning out more of the same and and there are there are things to criticize and we get frustrated by that and we do criticize them but we are i guess this is the thing to say is we are very much aware of it and we (laughs) we are trying to not just pile on for the sake of piling on so Lee, what I would say is, when you hear us being negative, it, nowadays, call us out on it. yeah, call us out on it. By if you think it's wrong, but we try and be negative where we feel it's own, only where it's due. We don't want to be one of those shows where they're just basically is criticizing everything for the sake of having something to talk about. Yeah, I'm not but, Peter Cohen, and this is an angry Mac bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, if I won the lotto today, <laughs> I don't even know if there is a lotto going on today, but if I won it and I won, let's say, $100 million, and that's after taxes. Yeah. Because if I won $100 million, I'd make like $45 million, actually. Move to the UK. We don't have taxes on the three wins. I'm, I'm probably <laughs> going to have houses all over the world. Yeah. Um, what would I go out and buy? Now, in years past, I you know, a, a brand new Apple laptop would be up there. You know, or the latest video game system, or there isn't anything now. I, I'd probably get the new iPhone. Yeah. 
but it's it's but that's only because it's like oh yeah i'll buy it why not but it's not because i'm enthusiastic about it i've got my iphone 8 plus and it works great um the replacement red leather case that i've got and it's finally getting patina on it so it's looking better which mm-hmm. is kind of funny yeah it actually looks better when it gets patina when it was brand new this apple leather red case looks plasticky and just way too bright it's when it starts getting kind of dirty and mm-hmm. you know it, leather always looks better with patina anyways yeah. i digress what would i buy a new tv my tv's fine i don't i don't need a new tv sure i'd buy a new house i'd buy some cars i'd do stuff like that i mean you know uh, i would definitely travel um but as far as tech there isn't a video game system out there that i don't already own but even if that wasn't the case i don't play a whole lot of games lately Mm-hmm. To be honest, every time I pick up a game and try to start getting into it, I lose interest within a few minutes. And I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like playing this. Um, I did have the arcade machines on about a week ago, but that was the first time in about six weeks that I've turned them on. Yeah. Um, Cole plays way more video games than I do, but shocker. He's 11, almost 12. Um, I don't know. There's just there's I can't think of anything that I'm going to rush out and buy. I don't need a new Mac. I mean, my Mac is great. And it's and I didn't even buy this when it was new. Um, and and what, what just, year is that uh, that iMac now? Oh, I can't remember. Two thousand eleven. Show you about this Mac. About this Mac. Let me pull that up. Um, twenty one point five inch, late twenty twelve. Right. Yeah. Two point nine gigahertz Intel i five, sixteen gigs of memory, DDR three RAM. So, I mean. I'm not playing games on it. I'm not doing any kind of video editing, so I don't need the fastest, latest. Uh, and and I'm running an old version of the OS, and I have zero. I'm running Mac OS Sierra ten point one one two point six. Yeah, ten twelve six. That's very old com- compared to what's out there right now. And I think. That, and here's the thing: I, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Yeah, I don't. I, I think that iMac will probably even only go to high Sierra, um, and not further. I you know look, this is this is. The thing I've I've got the Mac I'm on at the moment. This is my um, 2015 Retina iMac, uh, Retina Mac Pro, MacBook Pro, um, and I put Kathleen on this. It broke Microsoft Office. I had to reinstall yeah. Office uh, when I did that. Um, Which meant you uh, probably had the 32-bit version and had to download the 64. Uh no, I don't think so. Um, I think because because I I just done a regular Office install. I don't think it was that at all. It was something to do with the licensing. Um, that it didn't like. Basically, oh, after okay. I after I installed it, then Office insisted that I didn't have a license for it, even though I did. And I would then log in and connect it to my Office 365 license, and it, then it would do the same thing. Uh, That's and, weird. And I had uh, basically I had to. So there was probably some 32-bit subsystem in there that was stopping working. Because what yeah. would happen is that's would, my guess. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, but so so I'm on the latest and greatest now, and. Apart from the, of the things that broke and having to update, update a whole load, load of apps, um, it's not really that different than what it was before. Yeah, so, I mean, know, maybe, and, that, I and would... that is that is maturity. I mean, that is what you sure. that's what you end up getting. But that's also what you and I were complaining about a few minutes ago that we're just not enthusiastic about the new tech. Now, don't get me wrong. If I won the lotto and I get a great big house, a whole room is going to be a, a great big arcade because mm. that's who i am <laughs> or maybe not maybe it'd only be about five or six machines and uh you know i would i would have to tinker with them i'm i like tinkering more than i like 
the thing that I'm does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, you like you like messing around with it more than actually using it once you finish messing around with it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah I, look, I think with with maturity comes just like just like with cars. Yeah. When the first few cars came out, they every every time they changed something, it was a big incremental change, and it was worthwhile thinking, well, should I switch to the latest car? But nowadays, you'd be crazy. It wouldn't be economic to actually switch to the latest model of. Um, you know, say that you're Sequoia, yeah. If you if you had the latest Sequoia this year, to get the 2020 model, will probably won't be worth you doing it. Every few years, it might be worth changing it when they substantially change the platform. This is kind of where we're getting to with computing now, uh, and it's also kind of where we're getting to with the phones as well, which is. You'd have to be a real rabid enthusiast to appreciate the incremental update dates you get every year and think yep. you want to change every year. Where, in fact, if yep. you change every five years, you're probably going to get more general satisfaction. You're going to get more delight and surprise from the changes that happened over five years' development than you're going to get from changing every year. Oh, that's definitely true with the iPhones. Because uh, I, I went from a 6 Plus to an 8 Plus, and the difference was huge. Yeah. Um, because remember, they had the 6 and the 6S and then the 7 and 7S and then 8. So it wasn't just a three years. That was a little bit longer than that. I think it was four, four and a half, five years, something like that. But regardless, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's more enjoyable when you skip a few generations because you see the immediate benefit to it. Yeah. Like my iPad is great. I have no desire to get a new iPad. Um, but when I got this iPad, it was a big jump from my ipad 3 i mean it was huge yeah it, it you know that was fun so maybe maybe i'm just impatient and i want the next now rather than waiting for the next when the next actually makes sense yeah um let's jump over to a couple um things uh i saw the new terminator movie how do you like it i've not seen it yet so Here's the thing. I, I thought the original Terminator movie was really, really good. I liked the second one even better, where Arnold is the good guy. Yeah. You know, he goes back to, to protect John Connor. The third one with the woman Terminator was okay, but it, it felt a little going to the well one too many times. I thought, I thought they should have stopped at number two. Yeah. And then I think there's been two or three after that. Yeah, and there's, all been there's terrible. been three, I think. There was the one which was set in the future. Yeah, that was yeah, bad. There was the one which I haven't seen. There was the one um, There was the one where uh, Arnold came back. Um, out, well, the, yeah, there was one where they basically read... They used time to change the plot of the original Terminator 2. Yes. Yeah, that was the most recent one. Yeah, um, I didn't like that one And either. I think, well, you know what? All of these films I've kind of enjoyed, enjoyed on their own. Even the third one. Yeah, I've kind of enjoyed on their own. I didn't, I didn't dislike them. I just, yeah. they weren't very good. The pro- the, I, yeah. I liked them what I was watching, and then afterwards I thought, meh, I could have. Yeah. It's okay. I, I, th- I mean, that's kind, of, that's kind of where I am as well. You know, they're kind of, yeah, they're enjoyable. They're not great. They're certainly nothing like, I mean, I remember when the first time, when I came out of the theatre after seeing Terminator 2, I was just blown away. Oh, it was so good. Because it was it such was so a good, good film. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, nobody had, back then, nobody had really done a film like that before. No. Yeah, it really, it really did kind of take it up to the next level. So, But um, I, I liked the first Terminator because it was more of a scary movie yeah. than an action movie. It was, you know, here's this woman 
It's in the 80s. And I do like that in these Terminator movies, they don't try to pretend that that was just five years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, here's this woman, and she's pregnant. And she's going to have a bit. Well, no, she's not even pregnant yet in the movie. She gets pregnant during that movie. Um, And this killer robot comes back in time that's nigh indestructible to kill her. And a hero comes back to try to save her who, by the way, is going to become the father of the child that she's... um, I thought it was great. It was a time travel movie, but it was better than an average time travel movie, and it was scary. I mean, you really did believe that Arnold was indestructible in those movies. And then, of course, Arnold becomes a big hero. He was. (laughs) Well, he was. Yeah. And then Arnold becomes a big star. Yeah. So in Terminator 2, they don't want Arnold as the bad guy again because he's the draw. Although I do think it would have worked if he was the bad guy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they took that movie, that franchise, to a whole different level. Where now the kid's born, he's come back to protect him because he's been reprogrammed. Um, it was great. And the humor was there, and the writing was there, and the action was definitely there. I mean, they had some great set pieces. Like when that semi busts over that bridge and crashes yeah. down. Into, oh, that was so good. Um so I, I really enjoyed it. So going into this new one, um, it's got Sarah Connor in it. Mm-hmm. And it's the original. It's the lady who played it in 84. And Arnold's back, of course. Um, so I was somewhat intrigued. I was like, well, it, it, it might be good. After watching it, it's either the second or the... Well, I would say it's the third best Terminator movie. Right. I really enjoyed it. Uh, they... They pretended all that other crap didn't happen. So it goes from one, two, and then to this movie, basically. And it's really good. I liked it a lot. I I, Certainly from the trailers, it it looked pretty good. It looked like it had the right theme to it. I think um, the fact they were bringing so much of the original cast back, you know, that implied that they weren't going to, you know, kind of retcon everything together. They were just going to ignore some stuff. Yeah. Um, well, let, let, I think three uh, is still canon. Yeah, but because uh, yeah, the, let, let's face it though, it's 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 a movie with it's a it's a plot line with time travel at its core. So you can kind of do whatever you want, but you Skynet have to do it doesn't well. exist. Uh, you, it's not Skynet anymore. You're, you're ruining it for me. No, it's not <laughs> ruining it for you. It's good. I yeah, really enjoyed well, it. I Skynet the can't exist. They stopped Skynet, so it's got to be something else. It's good. Yeah. I, I, it, it's definitely a movie worth checking out. Um, the weird the, thing, another at, show. The weird thing, just just a, a minor thought though, is that the um, Skynet sent the Terminator back from 2029. That's only ten years away. Well, and I'm not going to give any more away. It's good. <laughs> yeah. okay. I, I like it. They t- they 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 expand on the mythos in a positive way that makes it interesting again, and they portrayed Sarah Connor the way she should be portrayed. Cool. And she is not happy. Right. I'll just leave it at that. I, I, I have told Alexander he needs to watch. He's never seen Terminator 2, so I've told him he needs to watch it before we go and see this one. This one oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I watched a show. You know, I, I've got Comcast. Mm-hmm. So they have their online portal has all kinds of stuff that you can watch. It's the same stuff that you can get on TV. And I was bored one night so i was browsing and i came across an article on some website that said how good the show was and i had never heard of it i never seen an ad for it uh but just on that review 
and they didn't spoil anything. Um, I went and watched the first episode. <clears throat> it's called Primal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gendy, G-E-N-N-D-Y, Gendy? 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 I don't know, Russian, yeah. Now, that name sounded familiar, and I Googled it, and he actually did Samurai Jack. Yeah. So, And I never really watched Samurai Jack a whole lot. Uh, I think I watched one or two episodes, but... I thought, okay, let's let's see what this is. It's like five or six episodes, half-hour episodes, and that's it. So it it's almost, um, and each one's not quite standalone because they do continue the story a little bit. But here's the thing. There's no dialogue. Zero. Mm-hmm. And it's the story of, a sense of uh, ostensibly, a caveman and a dinosaur. It's not this earth, so don't. No. Don't think too much into that. Okay. Um, and they both go through a similar traumatic event, and when they come together, they become friends, I guess, maybe? It's hard to explain. But it's brilliant. It's one of the best things I've seen on television in years. It's very bloody and gory. Yeah. But it serves the purpose of the story of why it's that way. Uh, it's brutal. What happens to the the man as well as the dinosaur is heartbreaking, um, but there's also some humor in it. It's really good, I, you know. It, it's it's not actual dinosaurs, obviously, because you know dinosaurs and humans didn't sur- live at the same point in time ever. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter w- when you just accept it for what it is. It's it's just brilliant. I really, really enjoyed it. So if you have an opportunity to watch it, it's called Primal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's way worth your time. And this it is really an animated show, yeah? Animated, yep. yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, almost an anime type of look to it, but not really. It's kind of its own unique thing. I, I really, really dug it. Um, okay, cool. Um, and then last about entertainment. I, I assume that you watched the new Star Wars trailer. I did. Mm. I, I'm. Well, let, let me hear what you've got to say first, and then I shall share my thoughts because I have given this some thought. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Um. It 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 excited me. Um. It also almost brought me to tears with three PO. Mm-hmm. Um. And I've kind of gone into. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Exile when it comes to Star Wars information at this point. Yeah. Well, exile when it comes to these movies. Because to be honest, as good as this trailer is, I'm I'm almost a little bit more excited right now for The Mandalorian. Yeah. Because I watched that trailer again after this one, mm-hmm. and it's better. Yeah. I mean, the music, the it's just it's it's brilliant. Yeah. It's a, obviously The Mandalorian's a very different sort of thing tonally I, and everything yeah, i think i think this set of trailers for this final star wars movie have been um amazing examples of how to build excitement for the end of a of a of a cycle of yep. movies um yep. you know they're they're the the trailers themselves are epic in scale uh, oh, yeah. the music is extremely well done i think they've chosen very good scenes to bring out character beats from the movies um i have to admit i'm i'm a little bit worried about um, the Rise of Skywalker. Is it because of Palpatine? 
No, not really. No, what I'm worried about is that is that after watching this trailer, I went and I thought about what I liked and didn't like from the first two movies of this set. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, you know, for all the things that we really that were really great, they they created a kick-ass set of characters. They really mm-hmm. linked them back nicely to the original trilogy. You know, all the stuff you want to see is there. They, you know, it, again, very epic in scale. But then I also remember the things we really didn't like, which was the, you know, crass plot points. The, um, you know, the fact that the... the the big bad seems to have in this appears to have come out of nowhere and it's hard to understand how the same mistakes could be allowed to happen again and then and then the movies themselves both of them certainly the second one had those really flabby flabby second acts where there was a whole lot of stuff going on that made absolutely it didn't move the movie forward at all it just something happened then it went back something happened then it went back and you know the, yeah. the, and 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 even in the first one the second act wasn't great yeah, it was better than than the second movie. But if you go back and think about the whole, the whole thing about going to Maz's temple and and all of that, it, it you know it, it it sagged a little bit between the beginning and the end of the movie. Um, I don't think so because I thought that was extremely important because that's where Ray first gets the hint of there's more to her background. She gets the lightsaber. It's the yeah, first time she I understand. Conf- confronts it was Kylo important. Ren and gets captured. Yeah, but it but it was. I just thought it. Was, but, and it moved. It, it moved it forward, I, and it was exciting. I, I didn't. How I, was it not exciting? Uh, they attack. You see Poe Dam- po Dameron taking all those Tie Fighters I, out. I, I, you see yeah. the traitor. Uh, I, I mean, I felt. I felt. Spot. Yeah, I felt it was. It certainly con- compared to the beginning and the end of the movies. It lacked a little bit on second or third viewing. Uh, and certainly, the, and maybe that has been influenced by the fact that I've seen the second movie, which has a terrible second act. You know, a, a complete- well, I think that I think the the second movie is terrible, uh, second and part of the third. Yeah, but the beginning of the second movie is great. Oh, I agree. No, I agree completely with. But this is what I'm worried about because I look in the trailers and I see we've got loads and loads of locations. Yeah, we've got a whole load of characters going on. Uh, we clearly have a whole load of what what felt to be epic, important plot points. Um, then we've then got a whole new evil arc shoehorned in there with whatever's going on with the Emperor. I'm worried that this might have some of the uh, mistakes of the second movie again, with you know too much in I'm it, not worried about too that many at places, all. too many awkward plot points where all of a sudden they're jumping from one place to another for no good reason. That's if that, it was Rian Johnson doing it again, I would agree with you, but it's not. Yeah. Well, I, and, I, I, I said I'm worried. I didn't say I'm uh, desperately worried. Yeah. I'm hoping. I, I'm not worried. I'm at hoping all. they pull it off. I, but I, I'm I'm a hundred percent in. Uh, enthusiastic about this uh, i think quite honestly jj abrams understands star wars in a way that Rhea johnson is it Rhea? Rhea? ryan i think R- ryan. ryan yeah ryan johnson never understood star wars he just did not get it he wanted to do his own thing with it it was not good it did not fit thematically with the rest of any of the movies i just think it was just not great um, especially that the fact that Rogue One came out so soon before it and was so brilliant. Yeah. Uh, it, it didn't help him at all. And I don't think he had a firm grasp on any of the new characters, period. Um, 
that being, and, and then he just ignored everything that happened in the first movie. Like, man, I don't like that. So I'm just not even going to talk about it. And, oh, you're big bad. I'm just going to kill him. Off, yeah. No problem. Um, you know, I think he, he did a disservice to star Wars that, um, thematically is unforgivable, um, by just outright flushing down the toilet. So many great, Oh, your parents, oh, they're nobodies. <laughs> I mean, come on. Now, I know that J.J. Abrams is going to fix the mistakes that so many people have with that movie. Um, and that's probably why the movie's two and a half hours long. Yeah. But I'm okay with that because I have utmost confidence in J.J. Abrams. I think The Force Awakens is a really good movie. It really is Star Wars in a way that The Last Jedi just is not Star Wars. Um and so I'm extremely confident in J.J. Abrams. I think he's going to nail it. I really do. I think that stakes are too high, and he knows that. And I think he is – somebody at work told me this who's also big into Star Wars. Mm -hmm. um, it, it looks like a movie full of fan service. And we both agreed that's a good thing mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, it's the fans that want to see the end of this, that, that want to see – uh, a great resolution. And it's not like this is the last star Wars movie. Yeah. You know, we're going to get another 50 star Wars movies over the next 50 years. Um, star Wars is never going away. Never. It's not going to happen. Um, but I think it, I think JJ Abrams recognizes that the star Wars, the, the Skywalker saga has to end. He has to answer these questions. Um, and I, I don't mind the Emperor coming back. At first, I was like, yeah, I don't know. When you first heard his laugh in the in the first trailer. Yeah. But then again, I, I thought, well, wait a minute. The whole thing started with him. You know? he's He was right there in episode one. And he was there through the whole thing. So has he been alive the whole time pulling the strings? And, you know, I want to know. And I want to see a resolution to that storyline. I'm not happy that Luke is dead, but I still stick with my idea of the rise of Skywalker, that Skywalkers are going to be the new thing. Jedi is gone. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm enthusiastic about, it. we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, I don't want to talk about that either. Do you want to, Oh, this is kind of cool. Did you watch that video that I sent? Which video? It's in the show notes. It's in the show notes. It's in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So there was oh, a this is video the, the, that I watched. This is the C64 thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've not so watched it yet. Let me... Uh... There was a Christian rock band. It's a long video. Oh, right. There's... And, and I can explain it to you. You don't really need to watch it. I'll put a note in the show... Uh, a note in the show notes to... Or a link in the show notes so people can watch us. Mm -hmm. So... There was a Christian rock band called Prodigal. I've never heard of them because I've never liked Christian rock. Um, but they released an album, album in 84. And remember, 84 was a big year for the C64, right? Yep. And so at the end of any album, and I'm talking about a physical album, a record, is that dead space where there's no music and modern turntables will hit that recognize what it is and then return it the mm -hmm. the needle right the arm well if you looked at the b side of this album there looked like there was something there 
So you had to have an, a record player that wouldn't auto-return the arm. You had to play it there, and you had to record whatever was there onto a cassette tape and then load that cassette tape on your C64 and would load a program. So it was a hidden program that I, I, evidently almost nobody knew about. Yeah. Now, this guy discovers this. He goes and finds the album, buys the album. He originally tra- he records the song onto cassette, but it doesn't work at first. Because he records it in stereo, and you can't. It's got to yeah, be mono. Yeah. And so he finds a cassette tape, a cassette recorder uh, that will do it in mono, gets it recorded, gets it to load on the C64, and runs the program. Now, it's it, it, it's just a simple page that has a couple quotes on it. One from Martin Luther King and one from Jesus Christ. Okay, fine. It's They're a Christian rock band. That's to be expected. Yeah. But I don't even care what the thing is. The fact that it's a 35-year-old Easter egg on a record, a program has been hidden on a record. Think about that for just a second. It's a record, and it has a program on it for the C64. And in 2019, someone gets it, and they load it, and it works. Think about how crazy that is. Yeah. I, 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 it's, I love that. I love the story of discovery and actually taking it to its natural conclusion of running that program to see it. Not only that, I'm looking at the, uh, I'm looking at the comments for that YouTube video. And one of the top comments up has been pinned up at the top is from a guy called Dan Boldman. He says, Lloyd Boldman, the lead singer of Prodigal, was my dad, and I thank you so much for doing this. This wow. is the first time I've ever actually seen somebody use this program. I've been hearing about it since I was a kid. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. I, I, You know, as bad as the Internet can be sometimes, whether it's Facebook allowing politicians to run um, fake ads and, and not censoring it at all, to, you know, people's computer networks being locked down for ransomware, to all the negative stuff that you just see out there. Yeah. This is why the internet is great, right here. Yeah. For me. This is the stuff that that restores my hope in humanity. Here's this guy whose dad did this, and he's heard about it his whole life, but he's never seen it. Yep. And in 2019, this guy decodes this program. And he had to jump through some hoops to get it too. He had to use a Mac and Audacity to record it digitally, and uh, but he did it, and he ran it, and it was it's the end result almost doesn't matter to me. Yeah, but the fact that he did it, I I love that that this guy heard about it, and then just made it a a, a YouTube video of his mission to to load this program to actually get it. That's that's just brilliant. I mean, it does to me. It doesn't get any better than that. That's just fantastic. Yeah, and and you know, kind of a really, it's that's just the kind of cool things people used to be able to pull off in the eighties. Can you imagine nowadays a, a band goes to their, their record company and saying, "Oh yeah, we want we want to hide an Easter egg in the." You have to do it differently nowadays, right. obviously. Um, but you know, we want to hide an Easter egg. We want. Um, a way to pull a URL out of our lyrics or something and then go to a special page. The record company go, don't forget that. Yeah. It was back then. It wouldn't be for that know, at all. Back then you could get something made and have it pressed into a record and, you know, uh, it was it was very cool. Oh, it's almost that 
the tech nowadays is almost too easy and too transparent. And there's too much communication that if, if somebody did something like this, it would be known immediately, right? Yeah. But 1984, to hide code on a record is just brilliant. I yeah. mean, it's such a cool thing. And, uh, you know, it, it really warmed my heart to watch this happen. And uh, I, I love it. I think that Very is cool. just so fantastic. Of course, you know, you and I are biased when it comes to old technology. We love it. We love talking yep. about it. Um, I did have a wiki trolling section picked out. We can do it or we can hold it to next week because we are approaching an hour already. It's up to you. Let's do it. Let's do it next week. Um, hopefully okay. I should have a bit more time next week. So, yeah, because folks, we haven't given up on the uh, wiki trolling. We've just been, uh, well, life. Yeah. In, in essence. Uh, I will see you again uh, next week, David. And, of course, we do want to hear from the listeners. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. The show at techfanpodcast.com. We are on Twitter. We are techfanpodcast on Twitter. And we're on Facebook, David's favorite place in the entire Internet. <laughs> and uh, see you then, David. See you then. Bye. <laughs>